You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. Here's my work wife, James Hartigan. And we are back after the better part of the month's break. That's right. Spring is sprung and poker in the ears is back. It's not officially spring yet, is it? Uh, it's been spring for at least a month. In fact, it was spring when we recorded the last episode. Hey, look at that. Great. I knew I, I would get it wrong. Turns out I got it wrong about getting it right. Coming up on today's show, it's our Sochi wrap-up show. There was live streaming from Sochi. See, I covered my bases there with the pronunciations. I wasn't there. I didn't follow much of it, but luckily I have personal access to James Hard again, and he is going to give us all the lowdown. Why wasn't I doing the Sachi Sochi coverage? Because I have a brand new TV show I'm working on over here in the States. Today, I will tell you a little bit more about that. You see, I was going to apologize for not being engaged and watching any of your new TV show, but then you admitted up front that you didn't watch any of the Sochi streaming. I consider that a wash. I'll take it. That's fine with me. I really don't mind. It's a push. Also, your time zone was a little off for me, and it would probably would have been hard for you to subscribe to CBS Sports because it was almost impossible for me to fucking do it. <laughs> we've had a few weeks off of the podcast, as James mentioned, uh, which means we've had some time to watch some stuff, a little TV movie catch-up coming up. Uh, also, the time off was so that James could go on vacation, and we'll hear some of that in a few minutes. Uh, and, of course, you guys heard about this while we were gone. Jamie Staples and his brother Maddie had just a tiny teensy little bit of attention <laughs> over the weight loss bet with Bill Perkins. And now that he's finally done going on good morning, America, we've got him here to talk about the experience and let us listen to him roll around in a big old pile of Bill Perkins money. Yes. Great to have uh, Jamie on the show today. I guess him rolling around in the money won't be as fun if he's not. He's half the man round. he used to be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Super fan versus Stapes is back. And this week, we've got Jordan Cameron from Montreal challenging me on the 1980 comedy classic Caddyshack. I feel slightly guilty here because I did get a message in the last 24 hours from a chap called Rob pointing out that he actually applied uh, to Superfan versus Stapes last June, suggesting the subject of Caddyshack. And I'm afraid he kind of slipped through the net. So, of course, at the beginning of this week, I'm like, we want to do Caddyshack. So apply now to be the Caddyshack fan. So I have promised Rob that he can come on and still compete for a, like a, a 100 euro ticket. And I think he's picked Spinal Tap, which is an equally good comedy. So looking forward to having that as a specialist subject in future weeks. Actually, I got to rewatch Spinal Tap because uh, especially... So as a gag for the new show, uh, Jesse thought it'd be funny if we had a pinata made. And uh, that way, if somebody really went on stone tilt, we could have them destroy the pinata like off off to the side or whatever. Except for Jesse ordered it online and he ordered a seven inch pinata. <laughs> he stonehenged it. He stonehenged it. So I've been dying to show him that movie. So uh, I can't wait to rewatch and show Jesse Stonehenge. James. How was your vacation? Awesome. Uh, straight after covering a uh, winter sports destination, Sochi, I went to my own winter sports destination, went skiing in Finland, had a fantastic time. Apart from the flight home, had this awful situation, and I genuinely don't know how one deals with this. The guy in the row behind stank. I mean, Ooh. really an obnoxious, bitter, vinegary smell that was just so obscene. And my wife and I were like, at first almost on the verge of hurling. And she actually spoke to the cabin staff and said, is there anything you can do? Can you move this guy? And the woman said, look, it's a pretty full flight. <laughs> I could potentially... Plane. Where are we, we going to put him? <laughs> well, 
there seems hang to him be, out the window. <laughs> there seemed to be space up front where obviously in the kind of like business class booths you're kind of sealed off from the rest of the passengers but obviously what they weren't going to do is move the smelly guy up right. front and make the people who paid extra have to endure his odor I, what do you do lock him in the bathroom there's till, nothing uh, you can till, do till landing i tell you what the awful thing is after a period of time you kind of get used to it but then when you get home, you feel that his stink has permeated everything you own. So literally every item of clothing you own is going into the washing machine. You're having like kind of boiling hot showers to try and get rid of this smell that you can still feel in your nostrils. And, sorry, was it just you and your wife or was the, was the child? No, uh, luckily, the child didn't wasn't overly sensitive to it. I know that the lady behind sat next to this guy did ask for a seat change and was refused. Um, it was awful, (laughs) but I just don't know what you do in that situation. I really don't. I tell you one funny thing, um, from being in in Finland for a week is I don't watch a lot of linear TV. I'll watch a lot of stuff on demand, but I rarely have the TV on and flick around channels. I did do that in Finland. My God, they love singing programs in Finland. Barely a night goes by where there's not a movie on TV, uh, sorry, a TV show, a reality show that's based around singing. They did have a new format that I've not seen anywhere else in the world. And I actually wonder if it is a Finnish invention, it's basically a prop bet show called Versus, where you have 20 teams, and interestingly, they're teams of three, which is a little bit weird, and you have these bizarre prop bets throughout the show. For example, they will bring out an opera singer and a trombone player and say, who can blow up a balloon faster, the trombone player or the opera singer? And the 20 teams will vote, And obviously it's a 50-50 shot and the teams that get it wrong are out. So maybe round two, suddenly there's only nine teams still in contention. And it keeps going on until only one team remains. And some of the prop bets are funnier than others. There was one which was um, a competition between an Olympic swimmer and a professional kind of indoor rock climber. And round one was swimming. Round two was the climbing wall. Who was going to win the race? And so, you know, you, you vote on that. But I just thought, quite interesting concept and it was quite interesting and entertaining to watch i guess the program makers have just got to keep coming up with different challenges different prop bets and make them entertaining and engaging and unpredictable and they all this just all takes place in like a big studio also. yeah so, so they have some to of be... the challenges are live in the studio some have been pre-recorded on location like for example they had so uh, they're watching a video sometimes yes. of something that happened okay. i think there was one which was a race between a kind of 1904 car and a bicycle so, uh, uh, and the teams, when they're eliminated, is that it? You're gone from the program entirely and they you just have to sit there and watch basically. And so every episode tell. starts off with 20 teams Correct. and it concludes with one. Correct. Okay, it does. It. But there was one TV show I do want to talk about, which was Survivor. And it was Celebrity fin- Survivor. Finnish, s- Finnish, Finnish Celebrity, celebrity Survivor. Survivor. Now, here's the thing. When there is a celebrity-themed reality show in the United Kingdom, my home country... I barely recognize anyone on the show. Like, I have to ask, who the hell are they and why are they a celebrity? Here's the thing with Finnish Survivor, Celebrity Edition. There's two people I actually know on this show. Wait, wait, wait. Like, you you know them as people? Like, you have, like, their phone numbers? Sarah Shafak. Okay, you do know her. (laughs) Ilari Sahamis. Oh, wow, that's wild. Siegmund is in the finished version of Survivor. Now, the week that I tuned in, Shafak had been eliminated or voted off at the previous tribal council, so she was gone. But 
Ilari was still in. And as of this point in recording, he is still in. He is in the final five and he is playing a ridiculously strong game. His game basically involves not trying at any of the challenges, i.e. losing deliberately and acting like he's a little bit simple. He has received zero votes at Tribal Council because no one sees him as a threat. Oh, wow. That's wild. Um, Sorry, how are you following this? Is someone translating for you or is it subtitled or what? I mean, it's a very simple format, so you can kind of follow it even if you don't have subtitles or don't speak the language. Um, But I am getting updates from my sister-in-law in in Finland who is addicted to the show, letting me know how uh, how Siegmund is getting on in Finnish Survivor. Isn't that great when you find someone who's like really into the show and they genuinely want to explain it to you? They're like, no, no, no. See, this is what happened last season. It gets really, uh, I like that. I like, uh, that sounds like you had some good family time watching TV. I miss flicking through the channels. There's something so weird. It's been several years since I've done it. And the weird thing is, I think we only had like six channels to flick through. So it was a lot easier than at home where you've got like hundreds of channels, which are like, why does this exist? Who watches this? How does this channel make money? Where did this program come from? Yeah, the answer is uh, they're not. No one's watching. I, there's there's like average viewership of like four people sometimes on some of these channels. Well, I'll tell you where people are watching stuff, and that is Netflix, because they're making an absolute mint right now, as you probably saw from their figures. And I, I did watch some stuff there as well. Uh, we talked about Annihilation on the last podcast. I got around to seeing that, because even though it got a cinema release in the US, it's gone direct to Netflix and the rest of the world. Um, I liked it. I can understand why Paramount freaked out when they saw it. Because it is not a commercial movie. Yeah, this is the most polarizing movie. Like, everyone I know, I I wouldn't say it's 50-50 split. But people are like, yeah, it's pretty great. Or people are like, it's unwatchable. And I have no idea how it could be It's not unwatchable at all. It's a very intelligent movie. There's much to admire. It's quite a hard watch. It's a very intense movie. It's not a film I can necessarily say I enjoyed. It's not certainly something I would ever want to see again. But it's certainly a movie worth seeing. And... As you would expect from someone like Alex Garland, a very intense intellectual experience. Yeah, uh, I have a lot of respect for that guy. I think he's uh, he's he's got some good ideas. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I saw you tweet about Sneaky Pete, by the way. How fucking good is this show? It's so good. And um, you really got to give them credit for it. Now, I haven't finished this season. Okay, Um, I I won't say anything then. I will avoid all spoilers. I only get through. I do love the fact that I just got to the episode where they're at Mohegan Sun. <laughs> and I was like, they're going to have to pull off this heist. But you know who pulled off the first ever heist at Mohegan Sun? Joe Stapleton. Me. Big screen when TV. I, that's right. When I stole that fucking TV. And that's what I'm watching Sneaky Pete on right now. <laughs> um, just for the record, I never stole a TV from Mohegan Sun. Uh, yeah. So, but what I love, what I really love about Sneaky Pete, two things. One is that we're two seasons into a show that is jam-packed with stuff. I mean, stuff happens every episode. Absolutely. Which you know is like my biggest complaint about a lot of TV shows. I love the fact this show also, in its entirety, takes place over the course of like a week and a half. Yeah. A really short amount of time for all this stuff to be happening. Um, and then what I really love is that the con genre is one that I like a lot. And I like it so much that I often will forgive various movies and TV shows for being like a little trite, for being a little uh, predictable. This show is not 
This show does a fantastic job of taking a genre that is really hard to be original in and is still original. I was about to say, there are so many twists and turns and so many plot twists that you do not see coming. I actually preferred the second season to the first. Uh, The first season, of course, had a big poker theme with numerous poker scenes. I actually thought, and don't get me wrong, I love Brian Cranston and I love him in practically everything he's in. But in Sneaky Pete, he just didn't do it for me. I found his he character... He chewed up the scenery a little bit. His he was character little... was so cliched and his speeches were so unrealistic and so overwritten. Whereas the villain in the second season, uh, Luke, I think it's John Ailes is the actor, is yeah. so cold, so sinister and is a proper villain. Whereas Cranston in the first season just didn't do it for me. But I think that that's part of it too they found a way to up the ante that's another thing the first season was like pretty lighthearted and like there was some peril yeah man oh man season two there are some fucked up shit that happens i tell you what though on the subject of things being unpredictable i did watch that netflix film that you recommended a futile and stupid gesture which how link- good is that well it links into the fact that we're going to have caddyshack as the specialist subject uh in today's edition of superman versus stapes because doug kenny Uh, One of the writers of that movie is the subject of this Netflix biopic. I don't want to say too much about this film other than there is a twist in this film, which is one of the most original I have seen in a long time. It's shocking. It's surprising. And it's like, wow, did not see that coming a mile off. Yeah, and what I also what I really loved about that movie is that it, you know if you're a comedy nerd, it's really it's a really important movie. But the movie in in and of itself is very funny. It's a biopic, but it's a good comedy in and of itself. So, really love that. Uh, by the way, this week uh, on the other thing I'm working on <clears throat> down at the casino, I helped out and did some streaming, and uh, Rick Glassman, who plays Harold Ramis in the movie, played on the stream. Oh, wow. Yeah, Rick Glassman played on the stream, and I got to meet and hang out with him, and he's hysterical. Uh, And I'm hoping to get to spend some time with him in the future because he's a pretty successful stand-up comic. Now, before we move on, this weekend I'm considering going to the cinema, which you know I rarely do, but I'm intrigued by Ready Player One. I need your review. Ready Player One, boy, it's going to sound bad. Ready Player One is, is, is garbage, but it's... Well done, Spielberg garbage. Like, I watched the movie and I was like, oh, wow, Spielberg still knows how to make a kid's adventure movie. Um, it is, I, I just think it has no substance whatsoever to it, even though it tries really hard to. Um, I, you would think that a movie full of pop culture references would like, I would love it. I didn't really care, but it was still like a fun ride. I was like, oh, this is solid, like, B, B plus. It's just... It's just not it, it it doesn't have like any real bite to it. But I liked it. The real movie that is a complete surprise is this movie called Blockers. And I don't know if it's out in the UK or not yet, but it's about a group of parents who are like trying to prevent their daughters from losing their virginity on prom night. It is hilarious. I laugh from start to finish and it has a real message and a real heart and um I I think it will go down as being like one of those seminal teenage comedies it's it's really really fucking good cool okay before we do our sochi recap let's just go over some of the stuff that we missed while we were away for four weeks um did you see on twitter that there is a new team pro um 
Is this is this real? Is there a new team pro? There is a new team pro because obviously PokerStars is about to open in India, and Muskan oh, yes, Sati, yes. a former Shark Cage qualifier, has just been signed by Stars. I love this story, Joe, because it shows that the dream is not dead. Because here is someone who's gone from being a poker fan to a qualifier on one of our TV shows, someone who's just really immersed themselves in the poker world and has now got a sponsorship contract with the world's biggest poker site. Congratulations, Muscan. You have won the Hunger Games. <laughs> yes, I did notice that. I think that's really cool, too. I mean, yeah, I mean, you said it. It's just from 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 game show contestant to team pro. Pretty fucking cool. Uh, what else have we missed? We got bothered by a guy called Gary Bateman on a number of occasions. What, what was up with that? What was this guy doing? He was, I didn't even know. Was that from a commercial? It's from the new something? Pokestars commercial. So I looked okay. into it. I mean, the guy's an actor. He's called Alexandros. And Gary Bateman was basically saying, you've got to get this guy on the show. Who is his daddy? What does he do? I don't necessarily think we need to speak to the actor from the latest Pokestars commercial. I don't get the bit, Gary. Maybe, maybe the the guy didn't realize it was an actor and that we really need to have this poker player on the show. Yeah. Because when I looked at Gary Bateman's avatar, the avatar looks a lot like the guy. Yeah. it. I can assure you that the actor in the commercial is not called Gary Bateman. Um, right. Now, Weird. we, of course, were not... <laughs> around on april fool's day one of my most hated days of the year because it's april a fool's day, day when people attempt to be funny and 99 percent of them fail correct so i you know i have this tweet that that bj Neith from the poker media ends up retweeting every year is like there's a reason they don't call it april smart person's day <laughs> there's a reason sorry there's a reason they don't call it april clever person's day because most of these april fool's pranks i'm just like Leave the comedy to the professionals. There's not like an amateur surgery day once a year where like everyone pretends to be a doctor. Just stay, April Fool's jokes, not funny. However, Randy Lou tweeted a photo uh, of like a large tournament area. And he was like the first person to spot me, circle me in the photo, send it back to me. I'm going to send you a prize. I fell for this. Oh, no. And I like the thing is, I was like, I don't have time for this right now. But if, if no one answers this, I'm going to come back later. And then I was like, man, I wish I, it was more like it was more like, oh, I wish I, someone's going to get this right away. I wish I had time to look for Randy in this photo because I would have done it. Luckily, I was busy. And then a few hours later, he tweets, I wasn't in that photo. April Fool's Day prank. And I was like, you know what? All right. This okay, one was you good. can have that one, Randy. Well, that done, was solid. Randy. I just don't like I just don't like the ones where they where they like treat you like a jerk because you believe someone telling you something and you're yeah. like all right fuck off <laughs> yeah uh but the biggest story while we were away actually it was while sochi was going on because we had jamie staples on the live stream as a guest the brothers did it they had the ultimate sweat weigh-in at run it up reno and i believe the terms of the bet joe were that within that after that 12 month period jamie and matt had to be within one pound of each other they weighed in at exactly the same weight 188.3 pounds quite an amazing achievement for both of them yeah i mean i think that look we got to see this firsthand uh for jamie specifically uh as a guy who was quite overweight before and something that you know he was bullied about and 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 chastised for to see him go through this tra transformation um really uh is commendable and honestly i'm jealous i'm jealous 
of the physical transformation, and I'm jealous that uh, he of all the attention, and I'm jealous of the money. Well, here's the thing. As I mentioned, we spoke to him in the immediate aftermath of the weigh-in and knowing that he'd won the 150K. Uh, since then, everyone else in the world has wanted to speak to the Staples Brothers. They're getting mainstream media coverage, but we have to get him on this show. So let's welcome back to Poker in the Ears, Jamie Staples. Thank you uh, so much, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it's very rare that we will have someone back on the podcast within four months of them last appearing, but it kind of feels like we have to uh, because every other media organization, outlet, show, TV, radio, print has been on your case. It's been pretty insane the last, uh, the last month or so since the ultimate sweat ended for sure. Uh, didn't really know what to expect in terms of this happening, but it's it's been fun getting the story out. Because you knew this was a big thing in the poker world, but did you have any idea? What, I mean, was any of this set stuff set up in advance? Was there an inkling that people might be interested in this story? Well, I thought there was a chance just because weight loss extends to, to all reaches of life, you know, uh, and weight gain to, to certain people as well. So I thought there was a chance that people might latch on to the story and find it interesting. But I didn't expect it would be like this. Uh, I, I have a, what, what has been the, a lot of positives have come from this. There's the money, there's the attention, there's obviously the weight loss itself. Uh, can you rank those three things as to which has been uh, made you the happiest? Um, the weight loss itself allows me to operate in a way that is just a lot easier every day. You know, it's just a lot more fun. So I would rank that at number one. And then number two would be the the attention, um, the, just the ability to get the story out to, to people uh, and people being interested in the journey because I make content, you know, like I, I have a Twitch stream and YouTube channels and that's what I do. So um, people being interested in that is, is good. Um, the money is sort of uh, an after fact for me. Like it's, it's nice and it'll definitely help and it's an insane amount of money. But uh, it's not really what makes me happy at the end of the day. Have you had any offers yet to write a book and or come up, have like the Jamie Staples diet? Uh, not yet. No. <laughs> I got to imagine that's coming soon, that someone's going to be like, hey, this this transformation was amazing. The prop bet, whatever. Here's another hundred grand to uh, to write a book about this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the book world works, but uh, I've been talking with Mike a little bit, and and who was my trainer through the Ultimate Sweat, Mike Vicanti, uh, and we're throwing around some ideas about how we could maybe take what we did this year and and put it together into something useful for people. So, um, I guess stay tuned on that front. Yeah. Now, talking about the attention uh, that you've received, Jamie, I did watch the piece on Good Morning America, which I found very entertaining, particularly because the poker puns and metaphors weren't too egregious. Uh, but the, <laughs> the the person they spoke to, I think it was their, their health correspondent, made a really good point, which is there has been so much attention on the fact that you've lost so much weight, but we should not ignore the fact that Matt obviously had to gain that weight and he had to gain it in a very safe way. He can't just be eating candy bars 24-7. Yeah, I mean, Matt's side of the journey doesn't get enough attention, I feel like. Uh, and, and it's too bad because it's insane. I feel like Matt's story as a human being, like he's 21 years old, is, is just absurd. 
so uh, yeah, he had a very difficult year, and he was basically just eating as much as he could. A lot of that was clean, uh, like you mentioned, like potatoes and rice. But towards the end, we're just out of time. You know, he was shoveling anything he could into his mouth. Uh, God. Just pizza and, you know, just like terrible stuff, but we needed to get there. Like we, we didn't have the time. Well, the good thing uh, is you were in Reno at a casino. And if there's one place you can go where you can just eat any old shit and plenty <laughs> of it, it's a casino. Oh, my God. Have you guys been to Reno, Nevada before? No. The, the Pepsi Mills portion sizes are the biggest I've ever seen. It was amazing coming from Europe like <laughs> as, as a celebration place for me, you know, just like cheesecakes bigger than my head. Uh, and for the last couple of days of bulk for Matt, it was perfect. I love it. I actually, I went to Reno one time and, uh, to the pepper mill and I was like, are you sure this isn't a buffet? Like that's the size <laughs> of the portions they have there. Uh, so, yep. uh, speaking of celebration, uh, what are your plans for lifestyle now? Are you going to maintain what you've been doing a hundred percent or are you going to go to zero? What, what, what's your plan? What do you got the new bet, right? Yeah. Um, my plan before the new bet was to just like, oh, let's get healthier. You know, let's just be happy and live a good life and, you know, make slow, gradual changes. Uh, now I need to get to 9.9% body fat in 11 and a half months, which is going to be about an equal level of exertion is what my trainer said. Yeah. So. Don't you want, don't you want a year off? Like my goodness, Jamie, <laughs> like, are you just I, so used to it at this point? It's okay. I mean, I definitely want a year off, but that that wasn't that wasn't a choice given to me. You know, uh, Bill wanted to do it now, and uh, I definitely see the upsides of of doing it. Right? It's like um, I went from really poor to acceptable uh, at health, um, but this is the journey from acceptable to elite. You know, under ten percent body fat is insane. So uh, I think it'd be really cool if we could get it done, and I I just want to do it to say that we did. And so the details of this are for how much and, and what's your body fat content at now? And Matt has to do it as well, right? Yeah. Uh, both of us under 10% body fat on March 25th, 2019. So a year later from our, our weigh-in uh, for Ultimate Sweat 1. And uh, the, the way we're going to measure is with a DEXA scan, which you can – they have them in, in a lot of big cities. You go in and it measures how much bone you have. Um, how much fat you have, and then everything else. Uh, so I got my first done yesterday. I'm sitting currently at 35%. Um, Matt is probably, I don't know, I would guess something like 20. He hasn't done his yet. And the terms are just no steroids, no HGH. Uh, we have one year to get it done. And wow. That's it. Um, can I check the financial terms, Jamie? Because when this was originally being kind of tossed around, I believe Bill initially said double or nothing. You don't stand to lose all the money, do you? No. Uh, we got three to one odds. So we're risking 50000 25000 each to win 150000 Okay. So the same amount of money as the first one, but a little bit more painful this time if we lose. Now, I noticed that... Uh Matt posted uh, a photo to, I think, his Instagram and Twitter using the uh, the current meme of if you didn't love me at my, you don't deserve me at my, with uh, the room upgrade, it looks like he's used some of the money for. Um, is there more truth to that than it sounds? Is Matt, like, getting some attention now that he wasn't getting before and kind of saying F you to a few people with that post? You know, I don't know. I, th I think Matt has upgraded his setup and he's made a really comfortable uh situation it 
it, at home, you know, he's got everything ready. He's got the gym. He's got the Twitch grind. Life is perfect for Matt right now. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think he's doing fine. But I don't think it's it's uh, more or less attention from anyone. It's just like he's so tired of traveling through, uh, you know, Costa Rica and trying to find good Internet and a desk. <laughs> now, I know you've got more media commitments coming up. I think you're doing another TV show today. Is that right? Um, that was the plan, but I don't know. This one might be falling through. Okay, well, obviously, yeah. it's, it, you know it's not over yet. And then, of course, there is Ultimate Sweat, the motion picture, because I'm sure many people have seen the trailer for the documentary that's coming out. And if you do the second bet, I guess there's going to be Ultimate Sweat 2. Uh, yeah, so the, the documentary is something that my video editor came up with the idea for. Um, and he's a guy that edits all of my poker YouTube videos um and he was like man i really want to make this into a documentary like we have all the footage i just need some interviews from the people around it and i want to do it and i'm like great man all right i'll do an interview (laughs) you know you don't have to ask twice (laughs) so uh yeah i mean this is really his project he's putting it together but i think now with this second um the second bet it's like probably needs to be postponed because the second half of the story is is still to come so yeah exactly and how is that going to affect the rest of your plans for the next 12 months because i imagine you did have a kind of streaming travel schedule kind of worked out in your head will that just go ahead as it was going to or are you going to have to adapt it i think it's definitely possible to do the same thing i did last year um and succeed in the bet this year um so i could travel and, and find gyms and stuff like that the thing that's going to have to be a little bit different from what I planned was I need a a little bit more sleep to be able to build the muscle I need to win this bet. So about nine hours a night is what I would like. Um, and routine would be helpful in the last couple months. So January, February, March, towards the end of the bet, I want to be sort of stationary. Um, so that's really all that's changed. Other than that, my you know poker and, and streaming is on the mind and uh, getting really lean. And, of course, continuing to see the world, because that's something that you've spent the last two years doing, just kind of uh, traveling from city to city, making different places your home and your kind of grind station. Yeah, absolutely. I I love doing that. Um, You know, I I need to get a little bit better at getting the logistics set up before so that I can have reliable Internet. But we're getting there. I, I think we're making improvements as we go. Well, the world is getting there. You know, the world is getting to the place where they have reliable Internet more places. I think a lot of times it's probably difficult for you to, to check ahead on these things. because I think people don't even know if their Internet's reliable or not. Yeah, that's a very common thing. You know, you message an Airbnb and they're like, uh, what is download and what's Twitch? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> exactly. <"Sorry." laughs> now, of course, you have been streaming throughout the last 12 months and we saw you online recently with some of the other guys from team pro and team pro online playing this split hold'em game so how was that experience i think that was my my second time playing split hold'em and i played it previously (laughs) for like a couple minutes um wow so so just to be clear this is the game which plays like normal hold'em except there are two flops two turns two rivers and the pot is divided equally between those two boards yeah, it's, it's such a sick game, you know, because y- you would think like, oh, you know, that's sort of novel or whatever, but it really changes the strategy a lot. Uh, and there's opportunities for this game to get like kind of deep in terms of how you think about it. Um, you know, when you have the nuts on one board, 
you you have a lock on half the pot and you can try and get your opponents to fold the other half which is which is fun it's crazy uh i expect there's going to be a lot of a lot more overbetting in this game and um you know you have to figure out like what sort of hands you're going to bluff it's it was just so fun uh i loved playing it and i, I look forward to playing more yeah, I mean, it's available for a limited time only, apparently. So uh, so get it while you can. So what's next for you, Jamie? Um, so for now, it's, it's getting into the routine of getting in the gym five days a week. Um, and other than that, the Spring Championship of Online Poker is coming up. Of course. Um, which is like my main event every year. You know, that 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 is my poker Super Bowl. It's where I sit down and I play every single low event. And a lot of the mids and the highs, you know, um, and 16 days in a row, I just grind insane amount of poker and, uh, and, and try and complete the dream and win a scoop event. I haven't done it yet, but uh, I'm, I'm getting ready for this year's series. Yeah, I was looking over it today, actually. I don't know if you've seen the schedule, Joe. I mean, we'll talk about it in future weeks, and I'm sure we'll talk about it during our live stream from Monte Carlo. But $65 million in guarantees with at least one, wow. one million guaranteed event every single day. I think what's quite cool, they're calling it Scoop X because it's the 10th anniversary of Scoop. So it's like, you know, the Roman numeral 10. Um, and there's actually an anniversary free roll, like a 50K free roll for anyone who's ever played any Scoop event ever. So I, fig me. I figure you've got to be eligible for that. <laughs> yeah, in fact, my first time I ever played Scoop, I'm pretty sure was when I ended up at Jamie Staples' table and he was streaming and then had a puke when he saw the beat I took. Um, <laughs> that was like my first real interaction with Jamie. Jamie, I got to say, man, I, I we don't know each other super well. I'm so happy for you and so proud of you um, for this thing that you've done over the last year, man. It's just, it's just awesome. And to not just... Um, physically but like seeing you like grow up over the last couple years and see the world and and become a strong broadcaster like i just I, i'm i just want to give you a pat on the back man what well well earned and well deserved thanks joe appreciate it man uh do you want to play a dumb game now that i got the sentimental stuff I out of the way that. it's basically what i'm going to do jamie <laughs> is blow smoke up your ass and then i'm going to humiliate you with a really stupid game that i've designed no no this one's <laughs> look this one is not it can't be humiliating in fact it's it's bringing more attention to this amazing transformation by jamie staples this game is called the waiting spelled w-e-i-g-h-t i-n-g joe you don't have to explain the pun when you explain the, the pun it really loses something the, it's already terrible. The waiting is the hardest part. And uh, all of these answers are based on uh, the date of your weigh-in, Jamie. So it's very simple questions. Uh, yeah. We're just going to get right into the game. Here we go. Uh, what weighs more, Maddie Staples or 50,000 actual Staples? Wow. Oh, wow. Great question. Uh, Matt. Matt is correct. 50,000 staples equals 110 pounds. Jamie, you're Boom. batting 1,000. Question number two, what weighs more, Jamie Staples or 700 paperback copies of Anne of Green Gables? Anne of Green Gables. Anne of Green Gables is correct. 433 pounds would be 700 Boom. copies of Anne of Green Gables. Wow. I knew that. I actually knew. I was like, Jamie's going to be really good at just knowing what shit weighs now. He's been thinking about <laughs> it for a year. <laughs> Question number three: What weighs more, Maddie Staples or 175 pint, pints of gelato from Naples? The gelato. 
Correct. 175 pints is 175 pounds. Question number four. What weighs more? Jamie Staples or the twenty or twenty of the crowns worn by Pope Paul VI, aka Tierra's Papal. <laughs> Where oh did you God. get this shit? <laughs> um <laughs> You know, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Jamie Staples weighs more. Jamie Staples is finally incorrect. No, the the crown worn by Pope Paul, aka the Tierra the Papal Tierra. Uh <laughs> ten pounds each. Or just one. One was ten. One of them was ten pounds. So, two hundred pounds in crowns there. Uh, question number five. Jamie is now uh, three, three, three right, one wrong. Uh, question five. What weighs more, Maddie Staples or four thousand feet of Cat Five cables? <laughs> That's what we call a half right. Uh, four thousand feet. There's not that much shit that rhymes with Staples. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, 4,000 feet of cables. 4,000 feet of cables is actually only 104 pounds. What? So Matt, yeah, Maddie Staples barely edging that one out. Uh, maybe after the 10% body fat, though. Uh, question six, what weighs more, Jamie Staples or 20 gallons of syrups maple? <laughs> Jamie Staples weighs more. No, in fact, 20 gallons of maple syrup is 220 pounds. But I just, I read this by law, by Canadian law, a gallon of maple syrup must weigh 11 pounds. Well, okay, this is good to know. I'm a Canadian, so this is, this is useful. We're learning cultural history, I don't know. Question number seven, <laughs> what weighs more, Maddie Staples or one-sixth of Secretariat in the stables? <laughs> What's a secretariat? Is that a horse? Secretariat was yes, was a triple crown winning horse. Okay, um, I'm gonna go the the horse weighs more. What's, no, actually, oh, I'm gonna mix uh, it up. I'm gonna take your your first answer, Jamie, because one sixth of secretariat was 199 pounds. Okay, so you All were right. right. Finally, oh, we have two more here. What weighs more, <clears throat> Jamie Staples or two IKEA Malmsta coffee tables? <laughs> uh, I weigh more. Correct. Two Malmsta coffee tables, only 116 pounds. And finally, what weighs more, the Staples brothers or the weight of knowing you made the biggest mistake of your life letting your ex get away because you were trying to play the field for a while? Oh. Uh... I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Solid read. <laughs> I miss you, Maria. That's correct. The Staples Brothers is correct. Come on. The other thing doesn't weigh anything at all. Jamie, once again, congratulations. I love you, man. Looking forward to uh, seeing uh, more great stuff from you uh, over the next year. More great content. That was a great game, Joe. That was really good. Thanks, man. Thank, thank you, Jamie. You inspired me.
Well, those of you who watched our five days of coverage from EPT Sochi may remember that as the theme from Sochi. Uh, it was the return of the EPT. I do think, Joe, it's going to feel more like a big deal when we're in Monte Carlo because Sochi was never a place that was necessarily associated with the European Poker Tour, whereas Monte, Monte Carlo, it's embedded. It's, it's, it's an EPT heritage destination. It's not like the EPT was back in Sochi. No. It was there in Sochi for the first time. I wasn't there for the first EPT. I wasn't there for the first EPT back, which is why I'm happy. I totally agree, James. The grand final, quote unquote, was what would always happen in Monte Carlo. And that'll feel like, ah, the EPT. We have returned to the Salle des Etoiles. Uh, now, I did joke on the last podcast when you did your big reveal that you weren't going to be part of the team, that the audience has got used to you not being there now, because obviously with Prague and the PCA, you were sick. It isn't the same without you being there. And I do mean that. And that's not taking anything away from the commentators we did have for this event. I thought Finton, Spraggy, Igor Kurganov did a great job. Um, but it's also, I don't necessarily just think about you not being there. I think it's also the changing dynamic of what our live streams are becoming. And I think this is an interesting point for discussion. When we were cards down for all those preliminary days, obviously you're not going to be focused on the poker 100% of the time. And I think that there were more uh, antics, there were more competitions, there were more sideline conversations, there was more frivolity. And the nature of the beast is that if you do have the whole cards, you are going to be calling the action more, you are going to be focused on the poker more, and there's going to be more analysis, which means to a certain degree the streams do become more serious. That said, I do think there is a balance that we have to find. Maybe the pendulum has swung too far in that direction, and we need to find that happy ground where we're still on the action, we're still focusing on the poker in this game that's being played for hundreds of thousands of euros, but also we're still able to have those lighthearted moments. Right. I mean, look, we're still ultimately in the business of entertainment. We're still trying to entertain people and a, a constant inundation of analysis. You might need a break from that every once in a while. You might need a little bit of a chuckle here and there or just a straight up flub from me, really. I mean, I can <laughs> I can bring that frivolity just just from accidentally making mistakes. I mean, responding specifically here to some people who say, oh, you guys, you've lost your mojo. I think it has been hard since Barcelona. Prague, you couldn't really be a big part of the coverage because your voice was still recovering. PCA, you were sick for the first two days and the PCA was its own thing. It was an unwieldy beast on yeah. so many levels. I do think that Monte Carlo will be a lot closer to what we had in Barcelona last year, which I think was a huge success where obviously it was still you and me for 90% of the time, but we did have Jamie there as a guest analyst we had daniel there as a guest analyst so we were balancing the serious poker with the fun stuff what i loved about that which worked so well is that e even as much as i like to fuck around on the air and and you know sort of i'm not the the analysis guy i'm not the serious guy i am r somewhat decent at teeing up our pros to make really good commentary and asking the right questions and i like having them in the booth to do that and then they get to have their spiel for a while and then i'm like hey here's a fart noise so <laughs> they can handle the heavy lifting with that i can occasionally tee them up for a question very much looking forward to that but you guys in sachi you had some fun right we you did characters i mean Here's the thing. Last year, obviously, we had that deep run from Chris Moneymaker. Vladimir Troinovsky came second. There were players in the last 16 and in the last six who we knew. Here, 
I'm sorry, we didn't know anyone. It was a mainly Russian field. There were no recognizable faces or they were few and far between. So we had to kind of create our own stars and our own characters. And I can't believe that we got away with rebranding players and partly because we were struggling with the pronunciations and partly because it was just easier for frame of reference. We had the Russian Chuck Norris. Dark Alley guy, because he was exactly the kind of person you wouldn't want to meet down a dark alley. We had Jacket guy, because he was wearing a bright jacket. We had Hazmat guy, because he was wearing a yellow jacket. He went on to win. We had Appendix guy. (laughs) Joe, this is an amazing story. And forgive me if you've already heard it. And forgive me, audience, that you've probably heard it a hundred times. A player at the end of day two, our first day of coverage, was not feeling very well. He was feeling poorly. He went back to his hotel and he started feeling even worse. He was getting crippling stomach cramps. So he did the right thing. He went to the doctor. The doctor said, we need to get you to hospital ASAP. He went to hospital. He was diagnosed with appendicitis. He underwent emergency surgery and had his appendix removed. He discharged himself from hospital the following morning to make sure he was back in his seat for the start of day three to play through the bubble. Oh, my God goodness how like he's just sitting there with like a giant scar on his stomach i mean i guess i guess that's better than being the guy that bubble like bubbles gets blinded out on bubble day man oh man he made the money joe good wait so what do you think you do in that situation do you come back to play i mean i would come i i know what i would do i would come back to play but only for the attention it would get me well only because i would be like hey everyone's gonna think i'm a fucking badass and he did get attention the audience loved him they were very sad to see him go uh the line i called at the time was and like his appendix he is now out um so that was a great story that was the highlight of the stream to be honest appendix guy Hopefully he didn't go broke to a gut shot. <laughs> uh, Igor Kurganov uh, was with us for two levels every day. Igor proved very popular, not just because obviously he's a great poker thinker and was able to provide very deep analysis, but also he has that calming, almost whisper of a voice uh, where you have to really open, you know, turn the gain up so that the audience can actually hear him. But I think people find that very relaxing and it's almost the perfect counterpoint to when you're getting very excited about uh, a big suck out or a two outer that's just happened at the feature table however there's always a but Uh, igor did not excel at participating in the chop pot song now i'm a great believer that the chop pot song is our thing joe but it's also part of pokestars live streams and it's something i like everyone to be a part of so you i'm sorry james it's not even that and i hate to say this it's just a part of poker now it's It's not even people say it everywhere and not to toot our own horn i'm proud it's cool However, there are some people who are not au fait with the Chop Pot song. And Richard was there leading the commentary. He teed Igor up. This is what happened. It's called, which means the cards are going to go on their backs. And that's a Chop Pot. And you know what they say, Igor. What do they say? Everyone loves who a Chop love Pot. Po- oh, oh, that's terrible. You, <laughs> how many times? Who, what, I don't know what they say. All right. Well, I'll tell you what they say. Everyone loves a chop pot. Everyone loves a chop pot. There's literally no excuse <laughs> now I said not it. to get that next time. Okay, okay, I got it. Oh my god, there's nothing that makes me laugh more than a really smart person who just gets left in the weeds. That was so 
Oh, Igor, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant genius. And so he sounds like... We decided to brief him after that and basically made him aware of the Chop Pot song. And the thing is, obviously, you got Finton, who's been a fan of the streams for ages, and so he's across the Chop Pot song. Richard's up to speed on the Chop Pot song. So we figured that later on, with the two of them there to guide Igor, surely he couldn't go wrong again. I do think on this second occasion, he's blatantly just trolling us. The money has been equally divided, Igor. And you know what that means? It's always good to divide the money equally. Oh. <sighs> Igor, man, you were so Igor, close. Igor. I was ready. That's what was on yeah, my I sheet as well to say. Why did you write Fail. it down for us, Richard? Fail. Yeah, I don't see it written. You said the money has been divided equally beforehand. What was <laughs> I supposed to do? See, now Igor took a page from my book there, which is if you can't get something right, get it wrong on purpose. Exactly. Exactly. But it was fun having Igor part of the team. Uh, obviously, Igor's going to be playing in Monte Carlo. Finton and Spraggy will be back, though. Uh, we'll talk next week about how Monte Carlo is going to work and some of the fun stuff that's happening there. Uh, one thing we have revealed already, because we teased it for Sochi, the Big Blind Anti wasn't a thing in Sochi, but it will be in Monte Carlo. They postponed it one event. But there's some other stuff happening in Monte Carlo that we'll talk about next week. Um, shall we talk about your TV endeavours, Joseph? Let's do it. TV recap. All right, so we're officially four episodes down on this show. Quick recap of the first four. The first one, we had some problems. We got pulled off the air for about 20 minutes because of technical problems. Whoops. Whoops. Also, we didn't end the show. Like, all of a sudden, just at one point, someone got in my ear and they're like, okay, yeah, we're done. We're off the air. <laughs> And I haven't been able to bring myself to watch it to know how it ends. Like, I don't even know how it ends because at one point they're like, no, 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 we're good. We're off. And I was like, we didn't close the show. We didn't. And they're like, yeah, we missed it. So <laughs> that was the first episode. Second episode. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, the second episode was uh, technically a little smoother. But we had this guy named John Landau who was like a big time. He's like James Cameron's producer. And I thought we had done a good show. And then afterward, he gave us like a whole bunch of notes. <gasps> oh, which, no. Which, on the one hand, you're like, man. Um, Were you tempted I to thought, say, can I also talk to you about all the things I hated about Avatar? No, I wasn't. I was I, Because I, the wind was out of my sails a little bit because I thought it was a good show. But then I was like, wow, this guy who's like a really, really big deal just took the time to and also he didn't do it in a condescending way he's he's friends with our producers so he was like as a friend let me give you some some pointers on where this show is lacking I so mean, i did ultimately appreciate it you are kind of trying to swim upstream to a certain degree because if you think about it televised poker has been around now for what the better part of 20 years how much live televised poker has there been in that time not very much and not of this nature it's really fucking hard to do yeah, it, it is. I'm glad that you, you said that, James, because it's not something that I, I think about or mention that much. But it is, you know, with commercial breaks and live cash and being on a network, you know, we're not on the Internet. So our content is restricted. Like if we swear, for example, the network just mutes us for about 30 seconds. So, you know, we are swimming uphill. The good news is I've had really cool guests you know what a big Seinfeld fan I am. Yeah. Um, Jason Alexander was on the first episode. And, you know, he's been around poker a little bit, so it's not like he just came out of the blue. But that was a huge thrill for me, sitting next to him playing poker for two hours. Kevin Pollock on the first episode, one of the first stand-up comedians I ever saw on TV. 
Second episode, Grant Heslov was on. Academy Award winner, George Clooney's writing partner. I mean, these are really fucking cool people. Uh, Jerry Cantrell was on the third episode, who is, I grew up listening to Alice in Chains. It's been a real thrill for me, and I hope that some of the fun I've been having at least translates to the audience, and that's what I'm trying to get across. So just to be clear, this is a 13-week run. You're only going to miss the one week, which is the week you're in Monte Carlo. So yes. when does it actually conclude? When does this kind of quarter come to an end? Uh, like a few weeks before the World Series. It's like mid-June we finish. Oh, really? Okay, so I... I'm pretty sure that that will be just before our summer break. So what we should do is do a proper recap when the series has come to an end. And you can take a proper retrospective look at it because you're only four weeks in. You're not even halfway there yet. Yeah. And, the, you know, the tough thing about this is that we're we're having to improve on live TV. You know what I mean? Like, we, yeah. we it's hard to practice it. So, yes, James, our, our last podcast before summer break is literally the day after our final episode. Perfect. Of, of Poker Night Live. So we'll do a full-on recap later. I did want to tell a couple of fun stories. One is, first episode, Phil Helmuth was our professional on the show. And it's... He walked into the... I was in the middle of interviewing someone, and he walks into the interview room and interrupts. Yeah. It's like, Joe, 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 just... Just let me give you just let me give you some advice on this show, okay? And I'm like, none okay, of this surprises me. And he goes, "Don't don't shred the celebs, okay? Don't shred the celebs." And I was like, "Well, I I wouldn't. It's not really my style and I wouldn't." He's like, "Yeah, well, you made fun of Roger Sipple on TV." And uh, and I was like, "Wait, did, did Roger have a have a problem?" He's like, "You made fun of Roger's sweater." And I was like, "Well, I first of all, that's not really shredding somebody. Second of all, uh, did I Third of all, does does he have a problem with it? He's like, I don't know if Roger's even seen it. I was like, okay, Phil, go away. <laughs> Phil steamrolls me as soon as we're live. Phil's like, let me ask you a question, Jason Alexander, and stole my question that was in the teleprompter was how I was going to like kick off the show. Again, none of this surprises me. Uh, so that happened. Gavin Smith was our guest on the last week's episode, punched one of our guests in the arm, which was very awkward. Oh, my God. And, and I was furious with him afterward. Uh Okay, so my favorite thing that's happened through all this can only be told on a podcast. So we had this guy on named Joseph Kahn, who's a huge music video director, directed for Eminem, Rihanna, Muse, the you name it, over 200 music videos, you too. Um, and he just recently made an independent film about battle rapping called Bodied. And so we were talking about battle rapping, and we were talking about how Eminem's a producer on the movie. And so as we're throwing to commercial break, I say... Boy, all this talk about battle rapping makes me real hungry for mom's spaghetti back after this. There's that Eminem line from uh, Lose Yourself. Yes. Mom's spaghetti. That's, that's a rap sweater. reference even I get. So that's pretty exactly. mainstream. Exactly. So next morning I wake up to a text message from my dad that says, your mom is really happy you mentioned her spaghetti. Oh, that's so sweet. And I was like, oh, my god <laughs> so i just i just wrote back like haha you're welcome now here's where the story gets really fucked about three days later i am uh out somewhere and my mom texts me and she's like did you check your mail yet today and i was like nah i'm i'm out and she's like can you go home and check your mail and i'm like mom what and she's like can you can emily can emily check your mail and i end up going home and my mom overnighted me Spaghetti sauce. <laughs> Packed in dry ice. And the, the, the worst part is now I have to lie to her because it is 
it hasn't made it. Like it exploded inside the box. <laughs> I opened up a FedEx box <laughs> just full of spaghetti sauce and meatballs. And I had like an <laughs> Uber waiting. Box and spaghetti sauce in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> And so now I don't want to tell her that the sauce is unusable. And so there's an Uber waiting for me outside and I'm scooping because I decided I'm going to I didn't know it was in the box. And I was like, you know what? Even though there's an Uber waiting, I just got to make sure this is uh, it's fucking spaghetti sauce. So I'm scooping it out with my hands into the kitchen sink meatballs and sauce and broken pieces of uh, Tupperware. I've managed to salvage some of it, but now I got to tell my mom, yeah, the sauce is great. Delicious as always. Please don't send me more sauce in the mail ever again. Some people would say this is karma. Some people would say you deserve this for your fucking terrible pun into the commercial (laughs) break. (laughs) So anyway, that's the best thing. That's happened oh, as a result man. of the show. That is fantastic. Uh, uh, we've got the super fans standing by, so let's quickly go into the lobby and talk about games coming up on PokerStars. Joe, have you seen the video about Sunday Million 12th Anniversary Take 2? It's a I fun haven't. one. It's a fun one. You'll enjoy it. I'm sure many people have seen the video. It basically alludes to the fact that we completely fucked up the Sunday Million 12th Anniversary. It collided with the anniversary of the Sunday Storm. It collided with the Super Bowl. As a result, there was overlay. It didn't get the field it should have. It kind of flew under the radar. So we're doing it again. And it's also going to have a 10 million guarantee again with 1 million guaranteed for first. It's happening on Sunday, the 22nd of April, this Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. $215 buy-in. And there are already 12,000 players registered. Uh, wow. Yeah. And, of course, satellites up the wazoo. So that's happening on Sunday. And to go with it... There will be a Poker in the Ears $500 free roll. Yeah. Um, So after you've signed up for a $215 tournament, you can play a free one 10 minutes later because that's when the free roll is happening. Sunday the 22nd at 10 past 2 in the afternoon ET. That's 10 past 7 in the evening British summertime. That's 10 past 8 in the evening Central European time. Here are the rules. The free roll will not appear in the lobby until 15 minutes before start time. 15 minutes. No late registration, only available to players in Europe and Canada. The free roll is called Staples Sweats again. The password is burn that fat, or one word. Burn that fat, B-U-R-N-T-H-A-T-F-A-T, all lower case. Right, shall we do some superfan shenanigans? Let's. Superfan versus Stapes. Well, Joe, I am very excited about this week's edition of Superfan vs. Stapes, not just because of the specialist subject, but because we get to go to one of my favourite countries in the world. We get to go to one of my favourite cities in the world, Montreal, Canada, and say hello to Jordan Cameron. Greetings, Jordan. Hello. I am so happy to be here. You can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, James uh, James said that you are perhaps the superest superfan. He said you were on it. You had the details. You had the. T- you did the. Even did a time zone conversion on your own. I don't know that we've ever experienced that. I, I deal with a lot of different time zones with my current job. So um, yeah, that's sort of based on habit. But yeah, 
when I, I, I know you guys have been trying to pull for Caddyshack for a while, and I felt bad. And you know what? As a fan of the podcast, I figured I'll give it another go. Uh, it is a great movie, so you know why not? Well, thank God, Jordan. Jordan took pity on us. <laughs> and you said, Jordan, that you were going to uh, download the movie. You were going to watch the movie again. Joe, have you had a chance to revisit it? I get the impression that this is a film that you do genuinely know. I know this film pretty well. I have not had a chance to revisit it. Although, uh, as mentioned earlier, James, you know, they did uh, have a little crossover from a stupid and futile gest- gesture. Yes. So uh, hopefully that will spark some it, some memories. It won't. Um, Jordan, what <laughs> right. is your deal, bro? You say you deal with different time zones. Are you an international man of mystery? Um, close enough, but really far from it, actually. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm a product specialist at a uh, software company. So people purchase our software from all over the world, and then they book sessions with me to teach them how to use it. Wow. What is the software? Uh, it's a it's a point of sale software. So things that you would you know use in retail stores and to build uh, online websites to sell uh, pretty much anything. I'm so glad that you that this is something I can ask you about, Jordan. You guys got to change point of sale, like the the pole pos. <laughs> I mean, how I've been in so many places where their point of sale doesn't work, and I'm like, you mean piece of shit? Like that is you got to change that whole thing. <laughs> if if my product was so easily compared to a piece of shit, I'd be like, guys, we got to rethink this. Uh, yeah, uh, the the acronym itself could use some work, uh, maybe something further from shit. But um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, it's it's good. I work for a good company. Our product is pretty solid. But uh, yeah, that's definitely something people can improve on. Now there are two important questions that still need to be asked. The most important is: Are you a Bond fan, Jordan? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Why is that question being... What led you to that? You don't ask that to everyone. Uh, Jordan has a James Bond-esque avatar and 007 in his Twitter handle. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was a funny story. So I, I'm i not huge. I mean, I do enjoy James Bond. Who doesn't? But um, when I went to do just my, uh, my Twitter handle, I just tried to use 07 and it didn't work because it said it was taken. But it said 007 wasn't taken and it suggested it. So I just took it without really putting much thought into it. And as soon as one of my friends saw it, he poorly crouched my face onto James Bond's. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I decided to use that as my Twitter avatar because it was too bad to not share with the entire world. If you're going to do a shit job at Photoshop, make it really shit. Where you're almost saying, yeah, I haven't even gone to any effort here. There's really no middle ground there. Exactly. And all. Also, by the way, despite what you might think, saying you're not really a James Bond fan is the right answer. We only have, you know, an hour to do the show. Don't worry. I'm <laughs> not going to derail this. Uh, I am going to move on very quickly to the subject of poker. Do you get to play much, Jordan? Uh, yeah, I try to play as much as I can or as much as my fiance will let me. Um, you know, I play online, love poker stars, love all the tournaments there and love watching the, you know, all, this, all the all the big poker star streamers uh big fans of them and then you know i get i like to play live montreal has a great live poker scene and um you know whenever i'm not doing that i also have a small league that i play with um usually every two weeks so i I try to get in as much as i can 
Well, the good news is, Jordan, when we set the specialist subject, we up the ante, or the prize in this case, which is a 109 euro satellite ticket, which could potentially see you winning a seat in the PokerStars and Monte Carlo Casino EPT main event. Uh, there is also, of course, the much coveted mini chipset on the line. I have prepared a number of questions about the movie Caddyshack. I'm sorry, Joe, because it's something <laughs> I love. I did the question, so they are quite tough. The first round is about completing quotations. There are six in total. I will say the first half of the line. I expect you to respond with the second half of the line. If you are spot on, two points. If you're vaguely in the ballpark, I'll give you one point. And Jordan, because you are our guest, because you are our super fan, you get to pick first one through six available. Um, I'll go with number one. Number one. Complete the James. quotation. As usual, James, I am excited for this quiz, and I just want to take a moment to be excited before I get ridiculously pissed off at you. Okay. Go on. A brief moment of excitement <laughs> has been lived. <laughs> Complete the quotation, Jordan. A flute with no holes is not a flute. A donut with no holes is a Danish. Correct, for two points. Yeah. Joe. Nice work. Good job, Jordan. Good job. Two through yep. six available. Let's go two. I want a hamburger. No, cheeseburger. I want a hot dog. You'll get nothing and like it. Incorrect. It was, I want a milkshake. I want potato chips. And then comes in the line. You'll get nothing. Um, <laughs> Did you hear the disappointment in his voice right there, Jordan? And then you'll get nothing. Uh, I do He's feel exasperated that, already. I do feel that I am the judge smiles to your spalding. Uh, three, <laughs> four, five, or six, Jordan. Uh, let's keep it going in row. I'll go three. In the immortal words of Jean-Paul Sartre. Oh, God. Um... I, oh, I'm going to kick myself because I absolutely know this one, but I, it's, it's not coming out right now. Um, I'm just going to take a, take a stab at it. Two wrongs don't make a right, but three rights make a left. Nope. In the immortal words of Jean-Paul Sartre, au revoir, go fair. Oh, yeah. Joe, do you want question four or quotation the four, rather? Nobody makes it to the end of the movie. That's why. You end up. <laughs> it's only 98 minutes long. I know, but like these movies that you like watch over and over again, you end up watching like the first 45 minutes or an hour and then you go on with your life. And then skip to Just the pool scene. A note on that, Joe. I've made it to the end three times in the past 48 hours. So. Oh, my goodness. All right, Jordan. You know what? You deserve this, but I'm still going to try. Go ahead. Number four. Okay. I hear this place is restricted, Wang. So don't tell him you're Jewish. Correct, for two points. We have a tied Woo! game. Uh, do you want quotation number five? Ah, uh, sure. The crowd has gone deadly silent. A Cinderella story out of nowhere. This unknown is going to win the Masters. I'm going to give you one point because the sentiment was correct. The exact quote is, former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. Uh, Joe, you get quotation number six. I, w I choose quotation number six. I've sentenced boys younger than you to the gas chamber. 
Didn't, uh, hold on. Didn't want to do it, had to do it. I'm going to give you one point. Didn't want to do it, felt I owed it to them. Felt I owed it to them. So after the first round, it's a tied game, three points apiece. And how's the next, here's, here's, here is how the next round is going to work. Uh, you can pick your specialist subject, Jordan, from Judge Smales or Al Shervik. Al Shervik. All oh, these questions about Al Shervik. Two points if you can get it without the multiple choice options. One point if you need the choices. How much does Al originally propose betting against Judge Smales? He says, I'll shoot you 18 holes for... 10,000. Correct, for two points. What's the name of the pilot on Al's yacht? Multiple choice. McGregor, Sandy, Swanson, or Porterhouse? I'm going to say Sandy. Incorrect. It was Swanson. Move over, Swanson. I'm driving. <laughs> Who does Al say stole his ball? A kangaroo. Correct for two points. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. This movie is so funny. <laughs> What does Al say probably comes free with the worst hat he's ever seen? A bowl of soup. Correct. So you have nine points. Joe, you now get four questions about Judge Smales. Oh, man. I would have gone th with the Al and I would have got three of them. Okay, go ahead. Remember, multiple choice options available. What is Judge Smales' first name? I, I, I Hopefully I get it with the multiple choice. Go ahead. Herbert, Elihu, Ebenezer, or Henry? I'm gonna go with Herbert. No, it was Elihu. Ah, well, no chance. What's the name of Judge Smells' yacht? Oh, boy. Actually, it's not really yeah. a yacht, is it? It's more of a, a sloop, I believe. I shouldn't need the choices, but go ahead. Is it Seafood, Wave of Victory, The 19th Hull, or The Flying Wasp? Flying Wasp. Correct, for one point. What type of golf club is the Billy Baru? Gonna need the choices. Is it a driver, a sand wedge, a putter, or a nine iron? A driver. Incorrect, it's the putter. It's that key putt at the end. Spalding, uh, this calls no. for the old Billy Baru. And finally, what does Judge Smales ask Danny to do before dropping by the yacht club? What does Judge Smales ask Danny to do before dropping by the Yacht Club? I'll take the choices. Mow his lawn, wash his car, shine his shoes, or polish the Billy Baru? Uh, mow his lawn. Correct, for one point. Uh, Jordan, you have a four-point lead going into the final round, which is trivia questions. Uh, odd or even? Uh, I'll go even. Okay. What's the name of Danny's girlfriend? Multiple choice options available. Maggie. Correct, for two points. Joe, you get nice the odd one. questions. Yeah. How long do the caddies have access to the swimming pool? Like, how long do they get access for? Yeah. Uh, 15 minutes. Correct. It's 1 o'clock to 1.15 p.m. <laughs> two points for Joe. <laughs> Jordan, your final question. Which couple does Tony D'Annunzio have to caddy for? 
Oh, I, the really old ones. Um, that's not the answer. I, <laughs> they are really old. That is a detail, but it's not the answer. I've, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have to take the choices on this. I. Okay. I is it the Scots, the Underalls, the Havercamps, or the Bishops? The Havercamps. It is the Havercamps for one point. And Joe, the final question: Who runs the Caddyshack? Brian Doyle Murray. What's the name of his character? Uh, God, I'll take the choices. Is it Lou, Mitch, Pete, or Terry? It's Lou. It is Lou for one point. Uh, the final score at the end of that quiz. Joe, you scored a respectable eight points. But Jordan, our superfan, you scored 12 points. You are a winner. Uh, just out of interest, does anyone know the answer to the tiebreaker? How many songs did Kenny Loggins contribute to the soundtrack? Let's see. There's I'm All Right. There's one. I expected Jordan just a snap call with the answer. Yeah, no, no. Um, I knew it was Kenny Loggins. I was prepared for that. But a uh, number of songs. I think, didn't he do like the whole soundtrack though? Or I don't know. No, just half of it. Four songs in total. But that's irrelevant. We didn't need the tiebreaker because you are a winner, Jordan. And that means you get a 109 euro satellite ticket plus the chipset. Congratulations. Oh, wow. Jo Jordan, there's one condition and you have to do this on the honor system. Okay. You have to do the gopher dance. <laughs> <laughs> if I make it to Monte Carlo, I will, I will be that guy that does the gopher dance. I'll be your qualifier, um, and then I will do the gopher dance for sure. I'll allow it. Jordan, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast. Cannot wait to hear this episode when it comes out. All right, my babies, that is almost all the time we've got for this week's show. Coming up next week, it is the Monte Carlo preview. James, uh, I have a note here that says lots of interesting changes for the main event. Yeah, we already mentioned the big blind ante. There's a couple of others. We'll talk about it next week. Excellent. And we are still trying to get Alex Foxen. I know he's on the West Coast next week, so it may be Oof. tough to get him for 9 a.m., but we are speaking to him still because he is as relevant as ever. We are still accepting applications for Superfan versus Stapes. Use the hashtag. Trying not to let these slip through the net. Yeah, sorry, Joe. Hashtag poker in the ears is the hashtag. Uh, we did hear from a chap called Stephen who revealed that he listened to the first 115 episodes <laughs> of the podcast in six weeks. He says, I think that means I qualify as a superfan. Specialist subject will be either Molly's game or season one, week 10 of the big game. Stephen, you have qualified. Either of those subjects will do. We'll be in touch. I should point out that we've got another two-week break coming up for Monte Carlo, and then we'll be back for a bit. I think we've got a clear run between May, uh, throughout May and June, so we'll we'll get some super fans booked in. Um, another person on the list is uh, Michael Constantine. Now, Michael. Uh, reacted to my tweet of the weekend that uh, Milos Forman died, who was the director of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He also directed one of Michael's favourite movies, Amadeus. And he says, maybe I should do this on Poker in the Ears. Might be a bit too highbrow for Stapes. Here's the thing. I've been trying to get you to watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest for a fucking eternity. So yeah. my plan is, do you know what? If you want to do One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest as your specialist subject on Superfan vs. Stapes, I will offer a €109 Euro ticket as the prize, and it will force him to watch the film. So everyone's <laughs> a winner. So nominate yourself now. Um, 
Oh no, I have to watch one of the greatest movies of all time. I know, isn't Damn. it hard? Isn't it hard? Uh, and of course, anything else you want to say about the show, hashtag poker in the ears. Thank you to Jack who thanks us for tipping him tipping him off rather to the Kid Poker movie, which is still on Netflix, by the way. He says, beautifully shot, hugely insightful, and a hugely humbling tale of Daniel Negreanu's rise to the top. Hats off to all involved for a great watch. Always happy to mention that documentary on the podcast. If you haven't seen it already, check it out on Netflix. And if you're going to say things on Twitter, like hashtag and poker in the ears, why not say some things on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud? Do not forget to subscribe, comment, like the show. Get us up there in those rankings. Make sure that this show continues on forever and ever and ever and ever. Can you just loop that, Giles? And ever and ever. That is all the time we have got for this week's episode of Poker in the Ears. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Later.